Hello there, witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Comfy Cozy Witch Podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. And I just want to say thank you for joining me for episode number 12. I hit, or I'm very close to hitting a milestone. I have 6,000, almost 6,000 listens to the podcast since I released it about 12 weeks ago because I'm on the 12th episode. So I thank you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back to hearing about me talk about magic and my craft. And I just appreciate it. So thanks. Today, I'm very excited to be chatting with you about moon magic and the basics of moon magic. I've had a lot of people reach out uh, asking when I would talk about these things. And well, the time is now. So today I'll talk about just your basics. I could do an episode truly going in depth of the moon phases. So again, this is just the basics today. But before I get into all of that and the moon phases and and spell work that you can do with those phases and just chatting about lunar deities and so forth, I want to share with you what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So if I'm being completely honest right now, there are many things <laughs> that are making me feel comfy, cozy, and or and kind of witchy, some of them. I I am going to focus on one in a moment, but I want to tell you a couple things. First, I have really been enjoying my evenings when my son goes to bed, when I can just sit on my chair and grab my blanket and watch some TV or read. As you know, I was reading Psychic Witch last week. I'm almost done with that book. It is fantastic. I still recommend that to to all of you. Um, I'm finishing up that book. As you also know, I had done some digging in the basement and I found some of my old witchy books from over 20 years ago, which is just, it has been so much fun to go through them and reread them and to look at the pages that I had dog-eared. So it's funny because when I was going through one of them, I was going through a spell book I had dog-eared a spell for anxiety. And this would have been back when I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And it was still dog-eared. Like the corner was still folded down. And that was always fun. That was fun to look at. I also found my silver raven wolf to ride a silver broomstick that I had told you I was going to look for. And I'm so glad I didn't get rid of it. And it's the, you know, I think some of you, and message me if you know, (laughs) it's the one with the witch on the cover with the broomstick, of course, and it's purple. It's the bright purple one, not bright purple, but it's like an eggplanty purple cover. And it's since been updated a number of times, but that has been fun to read through and to see what I had marked and underlined and interacted with, you know, with the text. So that was, that was really neat. So I've enjoyed that in the evenings. I've been watching TV shows. I, I finished Bridgerton. I'm re-watching Outlander because I just can't get enough. I love Outlander. It's one of my favorite shows. I think it's just so well done. The acting is so great. Other than one character who I won't name. I've named on my lives before. Um, I think the acting is just impeccable. It's just very well done. And I really enjoyed the books as well. 
So I've been enjoying that. I have been, of course, enjoying my kitchen witchery. When it's cold out, I always make really homey meals and soups. And um, I do a lot of crock pot meals. In fact, today I'm going to do just some barbecue chicken. It's going to be an easy one. Barbecue chicken in the crock pot for dinner tonight with some Brussels sprouts. But I've been enjoying cooking and playing games and spending time with my son. So now I'm going to get into what's making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy for this week. And this is, it's about my son and his oracle decks, his oracle cards. As you know, he is seven years old. I homeschool him. And part of our school day in the morning is pulling his card of the day. And there was there were a few weeks, I would say around the holidays, maybe four weeks, even four or five weeks that he didn't pull. He just wasn't feeling it. And I don't push it. He didn't feel like pulling. So we didn't pull cards. There, there goes Reese. There she is saying hello. She didn't say hello yet. (laughs) Okay, girl, come here. So he has his one deck, which is the children's um, animal spirit cards. And this is the one he has selected, he's chosen from for a while now. And it's so cute because this deck really is for kids. You have all of your animal spirits, you know, bear, buffalo. You have my favorite, the fox, crow. I'm flipping through the book right now because I have it in front of me. Um, Monkey. And what I love about this deck is, so for example, here's hummingbird. So we have hummingbird. You have the meaning of just pulling the card. So cheer up in general. The hummingbird is to cheer up what the hummingbird says. So there's a message from the hummingbird. There are days when you'll find yourself in a bad mood or just plain cranky and nothing seems to make you feel better. I mean, it's written for a child, which I love. And then it talks about um, activities that you can do to get out of that funk. So try a dolphin smile, do something silly or goofy for the fun of it. Um, Talk with your family about what's bugging you. So I really enjoy this. We've had really good discussions when he pulls these cards. So that has been fun, but he just got, he got a new deck and he picked it out actually after my friend um, Kaylee showed it to me because she bought this deck for her daughter and she's on here, Kay, Kay the Crystal Witch. So it's called Garden Dragons or Field Guide to Garden Dragons. And this is another Oracle card deck. And I know many of you have reached out and asked me about Um, ways that you can get kids, you know, connected to their magic. And I think Oracle cards is a really nice way. So I love these cards. I've never been a person who feels connected to dragons. That's just never, that's just not been me or part of my craft. But I love these cards. I love the imagery So today he pulled, was it the tomato dragon? So it's like garden. So it's based off of things you would find in the garden. So you have tomato dragon and squash. There's lucky clover dragon, gooseberry dragon, honeydew, cranberry, coffee, coffee dragon. And the one that he picked for me today, he actually went through the deck to get it just for me, is the tea dragon. And somebody had mentioned, because I posted it to my story, somebody said that the tea dragon looks like the emoji, the dragon emoji. And when I looked at it, it actually does. But the tea dragon's message is relax. And my son is always coming to me and saying, mommy, you just need to relax. You never relax. And 
I do in the evenings, not until late, until he's in bed. But he's right. I don't relax a ton. So that was just really cute that he came to me and he found that card just for me. And it was relax. And it's this cute little tea dragon because he knows how much I like drinking my tea. And so it was just sweet. And it made, it warmed my heart um, and made me feel super comfy cozy. But I'm finding, you know, there are more and more decks coming out for kids and again, those of you who have asked ways to get your kids connected, you know, get them out in nature, talk to them about nature, talk to them about the wheel of the year. And again, this is another great episode topic, getting kids involved that I need to jot down. Uh, but take them out in nature, as I said, talk about the wheel of the year and that, that cycle and see if they want to pick up some oracle cards. He cleansed his cards while I cleansed mine. He went through every single card as I went through one of my decks. We did it together. So he was able to get his energy on his deck, on his cards. And he did um, an initial pool, like a getting to know you pool. So that was fun to bring him into, you know, my practice when I pull my cards as well. Because there have been many times where he asks, what are you doing? Or what are all those, you know? he knows now, but years past, like, what are all those like pointing at my Oracle decks? Well, now he has some of his own that he can work with. So although there are a lot of things that are currently making me feel cozy, I did want to touch more on that on the kids Oracle decks. So that is what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy and witchy. For whatever reason this week, I have recorded the first about two minutes of this part and then gone back and deleted it like three or four times. I'm just giving you a glimpse into the reality of my life right now because Reese has been barking nonstop at the male person, which you know at this point you're used to if you've listened to my podcast. But here I'm starting it again and we should be good to go. And I know know many of you don't mind Reese in the background, but it was incessant. It was even distracting to me. So on to our our main segment this week, which is moon phases and moon magic and ways to work with the moon, how it can enhance your practice, uh, how to make moon water and uses for that, and then some spell work, different workings that you can do with the various phases of the moon. So the moon all throughout history has held a powerful magical significance uh, to not only any any person, any muggle, <laughs> I guess, to use a term from Harry Potter, of course, but especially for witches, because each moon phase gives off different energies. And so many witches throughout time plan their spell work and rituals around those energies and around the lunar calendar. And it's no surprise that many witches who meet together, meet in covens, they they celebrate the esbats and they get together, which are which are the um, new and full moon and ritual work, you know, surrounding that. And they come together to come in touch with their power, to set intentions and manifest, to do some releasing, and so. You know, the moon's power and energy has been very sacred to witches for many years. And not only that, the moon corresponds to 
trip the triple goddess. So your maiden mother crone, maiden the the earlier parts of our lives, mother, you know, motherhood, and you're growing, you're growing into being that crone. And then crone, of course, the experienced wise woman. So you have the the maiden mother crone, which correspond to your waxing, your full moon phase, and then the waning phase, which I can get into more detail. I probably will actually in another episode because I do want to do an episode on triple goddess and um, its meaning, but it is connected to the moon because of the various phases, which remind us of the ebbs and flows of life, the ebbs and flows in every day. And sorry, I was distracted for a second because a text message popped up from my partner. He said that he's had a rough day at work and so he's eating a lot of Girl Scout cookies, (laughs) which is just really funny to me. So let me get back to the moon. Um, So that's how, you know, it kind of, it, it does correspond to the triple goddess. And the triple goddess is reminding us to connect to our divine feminine as well. So I just wanted to bring that up. All right, so there are eight main moon phases. And depending truly on what you read and who you talk to, some may say there there is less than eight, seven. Not all witches celebrate the dark moon. I do, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, So I want to get into the phases. So first you have, of course, the new moon. The new moon is the start of a new lunar cycle, and lunar cycles are roughly 28 days. And this is a really great time for setting intentions, for giving yourself an emotional check-in as well. So the new moon, again, is all about that fresh start, setting intentions, and thinking about what you want to bring to fruition in that roughly 28-day moon phase. Next is the waxing crescent, and this waxing crescent is the time to really dig in and do the work to bring in what you want to attract into your life. So if you set those intentions during the new moon, the waxing crescent phase is the time to really do the action, to dig in, start manifesting, start propelling yourself forward to complete whatever that is that you want to complete and whatever you want to manifest. Then we have the first quarter moon. And it's funny, the first quarter and the last quarter moon, I always laugh when I think about them because when my son was little, when he would see the first quarter moon, he would call it the half moon. And my husband, the same thing. It's a half moon. It was a half moon to him. And I would have to say, no, this is the first quarter moon. And he's like, well, look in the sky. It's only half the moon. And I said, you don't, you don't understand. It's only the, the first quarter moon or the, the third quarter moon. But the, the first quarter moon is about evaluating your intentions. So this is when the moon does look, I guess when you're looking in the sky, it looks half. <laughs> um, half is illuminated. Uh, so evaluating your intentions and the progress that you're making with those goals that you set and um, with those things that you were trying to manifest. And it's about evaluating and redirecting your energy if needed, if things just aren't going your way. Um, This is a good time to evaluate and uh, redirect. 
It's about balance, persevering, overcoming. And again, I'm going to talk about in a little bit different spell work that you can do with the different phases. And of course, it's not set 100% in stone. In my mind, though, new moon and full moon, I mean, new moon is about setting those those intentions. Full moon and going into the, the waning phase is about releasing some things, but we'll get into that in a moment. So next is the waxing gibbous moon. And this is when your feelings and your emotions can start to get the best of you. It's important what I think, and again, this is me personally, to do a self-care check-in at this time because you have been putting things into action. You have been persevering and overcoming. You've been redirecting energy if you need to. Um, So the waxing gibbous is a time to check in, kind of see where you are, do a self-care check-in. It's about endurance and getting to that full moon stage and refinement. And then, of course, we get to the full moon, which is most witches, I think, favorite phase of the moon, because this is when our emotions and our power are at their peak. So it's a really great time for magical working. And it's also a really great time to be thankful and to reflect on what you have been manifesting and being grateful for that and being grateful for what you have. So the full moon, again, is a great time for gratitude, for fulfillment, and for magic. This is where the magic happens. And uh, I always find a way to honor the full moon in some way, shape, or form. So the moon is only full for a very short amount of time. And directly after that full moon, that very short window of time, you're in the waning, the waning phase of the moon, okay? And waning in general, overall, is releasing things. Um, So first you have the waning gibbous. And this is when the full moon is slowly beginning to decrease. You might feel the need to recharge from your emotions because of the full moon and the work that you may have done during the full moon and all of that power and magic. So this is the time to recharge from those emotions and to begin thinking about things you might want to release. Uh, I typically don't do any um, formal releasing rituals during the waning gibbous, but it's a good time to start thinking about those things. So, you know, the waning gibbous corresponds with thinking about releasing, um, clearing, and recharging. The last quarter moon, so the third quarter, the last quarter moon, um, is about balance and setting boundaries. This is the phase where you can evaluate what isn't serving you um, so well anymore. And from this cycle on, from this last quarter moon, on, it's important to think about releasing those bad habits that are holding you back from whatever it is in life and to start thinking about negative energy that you're holding on to. So again, last quarter moon is finding that that balance and setting boundaries and thinking about what it is that you want to get rid of. Then we come into the waning crescent moon and the waning crescent is when the moon is finishing out its current cycle. So you're just seeing that crescent, you're seeing that little sliver, 
and it's going to start preparing for the next cycle. This phase is a really great time to begin releasing, to release those those bad habits and the negative energy. Really, the last quarter into the waning crescent is a great time to start releasing and thinking about what you want to release. Um, This phase can be kind of low energy as it's leading into the dark moon. And so that makes it a really good time for introspection, for going inward, uh, for rest, and for contemplating the shadow side of yourself, because we're going into, you know, the darker part of the moon cycle and the dark moon is coming up. Um, So again, last quarter moon into waning crescent, that's when we want to be releasing. We want to really be releasing things and letting go of them. And there's releasing rituals that you can do and spell work for those, those phases. And then finally, this is my favorite phase. And I don't know that it's a favorite of many witches, but for me, it is. And that is the dark moon. To me, the dark moon is about being quiet, being still, and reflecting. And I I so appreciate this phase. And if you've been following me for a while, you know I always talk about the dark moon phase. I think I post about it every single month. And I go dark for the day. I don't post as often. I don't comment. I try to turn off technology because to me, the dark moon is that period for stillness, for rest, for introspection. Um, And this is the phase that it's not always recognized, but it's that slight moment in time when the moon is entirely darkened. So in shadow in the sky, it's entirely dark. So you have the dark moon for just these split seconds, just as you have the full moon for just a short amount of time. Uh, So the dark moon, again, is about quiet, still reflection. This is a really good time if you're in a good space to do some shadow work because you can really work with that dark moon energy in revealing parts of your shadow side and your shadow self and then begin integrating those parts. And of course, that would be a long, you know, long process. Shadow work is something too I'm going to touch upon probably in multiple episodes. But, you know, it's good to recognize the dark moon is a good time to start that work. So when it comes to magic and different magic and spells that you can do during the phases, I I just want to chat about those things. So working your magic and spells in a deliberate way way when it comes to working with the moon is important. If if you want to sync it up with the moon cycles, it's important. Of course, you can do, you can do releasing rituals at any time throughout the month, truly. You can do manifesting rituals anytime. But when you are specifically working with the moon's energy, I want to talk about the best energy to work with um, these different topics. So when it comes to a new moon, here are some good energies and spell work that you can tap into for the new moon. So new moon would be, you know, new love or romance or a new job. If you're trying to manifest or concentrate on these things, the new moon is a good period for that. If you're working on your communication skills and better communication, or if you are planning doing any new planning or launching a new idea or even starting a diet, 
the new moon is a, is a good time to begin that. Um, if you're trying to manifest abundance and prosperity, or if you're doing any spell work surrounding marriage or fertility or attraction, the new moon is a great time for that. Um, because it's in that waxing phase. All of those things are corresponding to the waxing phase. It's new, it's young, just like the maiden. So you can see how it kind of all comes together. Just like the maiden, you know, um, fertility and, and thinking about marriage and attracting thing and manifesting abundance and starting new things. So all of that is great for the new moon. During the waxing moon, so these... These are some ideas if you want to tap into that waxing moon energy. Um, spells and magical workings surrounding creativity and inspiration. So being inspired and you're building momentum to create something. Healing and health issues. Uh, money and abundance, you know, continual growth of money and abundance, business growth, relationship growth, not necessarily the beginnings or the buddings of those things, but growing into those things. So again, waxing moon, creativity, inspiration, healing issues, money, abundance, relationship growth and growth in general. Then the full moon. So the full moon again uh, we're talking about a lot of magical workings when it comes to witches. This is a very powerful time when we can really tap into the moon's energy and be at our prime. And so this is an awesome time for divination, for removing psychic barriers, this is a good time to begin emotional healing as well. So whenever you want, you know, th these are things that you want the full energy and full power of the moon. Um, when it comes to arguments, so stopping arguments, tapping, really tapping into creativity, creating peace in relationships. So all of these things are great to work on during the full moon. And again, I think the full moon's a really good time for divination, doing any sort of psychic work as well because the energy is so powerful and it helps you to tap into those realms. Um, but it's also important, remember, to put up barriers whenever you're doing uh, work during the full moon. It's important to protect yourself. And then we move into the waning moon. And the waning moon, remember, we're talking about getting rid of things and releasing so during the waning moon phase, it's a good time for banishing bad habits, for removing negativity from your life, for thinking about cutting some cords with people or things that just aren't serving you. This is also a good time to work on anxiety issues and ways to calm anxiety and doing spell work surrounding calming that um, and stress clearing negative energies. So the waning moon phase, you know, it's nice to cleanse your house during during this phase and cleanse yourself and cleanse your sacred space so it's ready for a new moon phase. Uh, it's also good time for gaining courage. And as I said before, blessing, blessing homes and cleaning homes as well. So that is all, those are all good things to do during the waning moon. So I hope you're getting some some ideas here. I want to just quickly talk about some lunar deities. If you feel really drawn 
to the moon. I'm just going to name a couple deities that are corresponding, that correspond to the moon. So first is Artemis. And I'm going to say that first because I work with Artemis. And if you follow me for a while, you know that she is one of the main deities that I work with. She's goddess of the hunt, wilderness, childbirth, and goddess of the moon. And, you know, you can call on her to tap into that intuitive power. And just, you know, as we have Artemis, the Greek goddess of the moon, we also have Diana, who is her counterpart, the Roman goddess of the woodlands and and the moon, often depicted with her stag. So she's the Roman equivalent to Artemis. So you have Artemis, Diana, um, Saradwen, who is the Welsh goddess of the moon, also wisdom, poetry, transformation, Selena or Selene. Uh, she's the personification of the moon itself. And she was a daughter of the Titans. She was an ancient Greek goddess of the moon. And she's known actually for flying across the sky in her blazing chariot drawn by white horses. And then so we have the Chinese goddess of the moon, who is also referred to actually as the moon fairy, uh, Heng O or Chang O. It's, her name is, um, she has two varying names. Mawu is the African creator goddess associated with the sun and the moon as well. I mean, I could go on and on. There are a lot of lunar deities and you could research some of them and see if any of them resonate with you if you've been wanting to really tap into the moon's energy and work with a lunar deity. So I want to chat about ways that you can work with the moon. Obviously, you can work with the various phases, but if you just want to check in with the moon, that's great because the moon represents our subconscious. It represents our intuition, our inner knowing, and our emotions and moods. And when we choose to work with the moon, we are choosing to recognize and honor those parts of ourselves. So a few ways that we can tap into that energy, no matter the phase, are by staring at the moon. Simply take notice of the moon, its shape, its phase, Add it to your journal. So every day, maybe keep track of the moon phase. I keep that in my book of shadows. After the date, the first thing I write every single day is the phase that the moon is in. So keep track of it over the course of the cycle. Um, You can notice the ebb and flow of your own mood and your own energy and um, connection to your intuition throughout the month. So you can keep a note in your journal or your book of shadows of your inner thoughts, your feelings and mood each day. And then come back to to that and see how it correlates to the moon phases. Another way that you can work the moon is by setting intentions during the new moon phase. So it doesn't have to be an in-depth ritual, unless you want it to be, or spell work. You can simply make a list of things that you want to bring to fruition, that you want to manifest over the next cycle, and then come back to those things over the next 28 days. Come back, check in, see how you're doing with those. Another way is to just continuously check in with yourself and your emotions throughout the month. You can also research the astrology associated with the month and how the various signs of the zodiac impact the moon cycle. So a full moon, you know, that's in Scorpio is going to have a very different energy than a full moon in Taurus or in Capricorn. And and this could give some insight into what best to plan for for the various cycles. So that's another way just to connect with the moon. Do do some research. And then another great way 
is, and this is my favorite, (laughs) take a dark moon ritual bath and simply just sit in stillness, sit in silence, quietude, and focus on self-care and just feel that, that dark moon energy. Um, the dark moon, as I said before, it's that time to turn inward and make peace with yourself and a self-care routine most definitely can help you do this. So I want to talk about moon water because it's something that we hear a lot. And I want to talk about, you know, how you can make moon water and the different uses, the various uses of moon water. And truly, you can make moon water at any phase of the moon. The most potent and powerful, of course, is the full moon. And that's when most people choose to make their moon water. But really, you can make moon water at any phase that you would like. You can still collect that energy. So... First, you would collect filtered water in a glass vessel. I say glass. You don't want plastic because sometimes you can get that plasticky taste or it, yeah, it just gets diluted with that plastic. (laughs) Uh, So a non-plastic container, so glass. And, you know, you can choose to surround this container with herbs and crystals if you would like. And if you're If you're um, making your water with a specific intention, then you can do that with corresponding herbs and crystals, but you don't have to do that. And you can even place some of those items in the vessel if you want, but again, you don't have to. Oftentimes, I end up just using water. (laughs) Uh, Hold, so hold the, the jar close to your heart and speak your intentions aloud. You know, ask the moon to infuse her magic in the water, and just be grateful and thank her for doing that. And then it's simple. You set your container container under the light of the moon to charge overnight. And outside is best, unless it's like four degrees and you know it's going to freeze. Outside really is best, but a windowsill can work if the elements are really bad. Um, so set it out under the light of the moon. Gather the water the next morning before the sun rises. So you want to grab it before the sun comes up because you just want the moon's energy. And be sure to look up at the sky at that point, say a quick thank you to the moon for her abundance and her blessings, even if you can't see the moon because it's cloudy or whatever. She's there. The energy's there. And then you can use your moon water. And there are many different ways you can use moon water. You can use it in your coffee or tea for an added boost of magic throughout your day. You can infuse your soups and meals and broths with it. You can put it in a spray bottle with some essential oils and maybe a little bit of witch hazel for a room clearing spray. You could even add some crystal chips in there and some herbs, and it just gives an added boost to a cleansing spray. You can add the water to your mop water (laughs) to help wash away negativity from your home and do a floor wash. And you can, again, all all of these things that you can use it for, you can do anytime throughout the phase. In fact, I have moon water right now on my altar from three phases ago that I still use. Um, and I'll, I'll use mine to draw sigils on things. Just with my finger. <laughs> uh, you can use it for cleansing your crystals, your pendulums, your, your cards and other divination and magical tools. You can use it for cleansing things on your altar as well. You can pour some into your bath water for just a little extra boost of magic and clarity whenever you're doing any bathing. 
You can place it on your altar as an offering to your guides, ancestors, deities, fae, whomever it is that you might work with. You can mix it with some Epsom salts and oils and herbs for a nice little recharging foot soak. You can anoint your money with it for extra abundance. And if you want to encourage wealth, you can, you know, use it in any of those abundance rituals. And then I think I said cleansing your altar and workspace. Yeah. So cleansing your altar workspace by getting out all that negativity and to bring some creativity and inspiration to you. So you can use moon water in so many ways and many more than that. I mean, you could probably do a search and find even more ways to use moon water. And I keep mine, I just keep my moon water in the container, in the glass container on my altar. And oh, really a side note, a funny story. So I made moon water, oh my gosh, probably five months ago, four months ago. I po- I think I did a story about this and I set it outside, of course, and my son picked it up and brought it inside and used it and used it to make mud. <laughs> so he like put dirt in it and it turned into like this muddy mess. And I was like, great, he totally enchanted, he enchanted the dirt and mud. And I just had to laugh. I mean, I couldn't get upset. It was funny to me. And I explained, you know, when mommy has, when mommy has her water out there, you can't, you can't grab it and use it, honey. But it was really, it was just cute. So uh, I'm trying to think I can share. I'm going to just share a ritual with you. This is a quick new moon manifesting ritual. And I'll tell you what you need. You need one spell candle. So a chime candle, any color that you want, really. Um, a piece of paper, a writing utensil, and then frankincense, essential oil. Really, you could use any oil. You could use your favorite if you'd like. I just prefer frankincense because um, for me, that that's meditative and um, very grounding. So what you can do is meditate on what it is you wish to come to fruition this new moon cycle, what it is you want to manifest. Write those items on a piece of paper Place some oil in your hand, just a little bit of oil, and roll the candle in the palm, so anointing it with with the oils. Light your candle and put it in its holder, and speak the items you wish to manifest aloud. And imagining at the same time in your mind's eye them coming to fruition, that those things you're manifesting you already have in the present. And once you've done that, set your list and and you can meditate on that for a long time. I mean, you can meditate on all of those things for 10, 15, 20, even 30 minutes. Once you feel that you're complete with that, set your list on your altar or somewhere else you'll see it on a daily basis. And then each time you light your candle, you can come back to those items. Each time you come back to your altar, you can be reminded of those things that you wanted to manifest. So that's just a small new moon ritual. Nothing too, nothing too intense, nothing too time consuming, um, because I know we're all busy. We're all busy, and um, sometimes we don't have time for a full ritual or to do really in-depth spell work. And so I thought that would be nice to share. So before I close this, I just want to give you a few new moon affirmations that you can use and that and you can say. Did I say new moon? just moon, moon affirmations in general. 
Um, so, and I would do this, go out, go put your feet in the grass, in the, the snow, I guess, because it's cold out right now, um, and look up at the moon. And you can say some of these things. I am in touch with my intuition. I feel the moon. I embrace my intuitive self. Like the moon, I attract wholeness. And I release that which does not serve me. So those are just some nice moon affirmations that you can, you can say if you want to, if you choose to. So I hope you, you got some decent information about moon magic and some moon magic basics and the different phases of the moon and what they stand for and types of work that you can do according to the phases. And if you have any questions, as always, reach out to me, DM me, message me through Instagram, email me, and I will I'm try to get back to you as soon as I can. But let's go into the card pull for this week. Okay, so on to the card pull for this week. I'm going to use my ritual deck, of course, my favorite one. And let's see what message we have. All right. Oh my goodness. So... <laughs> Um, the card that I just pulled, I have pulled this card three times since the new year. I kid you not. It is Menaz, the Menaz rune, and this represents mankind, humankind, um, the collective. I'm not surprised that this was pulled again because this is a time where you know, it's important, I think, that people try to come together. Uh, the political landscape is very difficult right now because I think you all know what's going on, especially in the States. And it's also a time um, that humankind needs to start doing its own bit of work and society. Oh, there she is. Society needs to start doing its own. I have to walk while I get her bit of shadow work because some things are definitely coming to light. But, you know, and that's just me talking about <laughs> yeah, in, in general. And I'm going to, I want to talk personally. It's odd that, not odd, but it's, it's really not surprising that this card has come up. Spirit has shown me this card a number of times. If I go back and look at my book of shadows, like I said, this is literally the third time this has been pulled and we're only in the 14th of January. And when I read this, you know, humankind service, interconnectedness, what, you know, what I can do to help, to help my fellow brothers and sisters. And I keep being reminded of just, I'm so sorry, <laughs> the realities of recording at home with the dog while they're doing work across the street on the vacant lot. Um, but what, you know, why I started the Comfy Cozy podcast to begin with was I had been being called to to share my experiences, to share bits of myself and my practice with you all and and the community that's being formed, a community that's being built without me even really, I hate to say it, but really trying um it was just what had, you know, where I had been led. And 
So this car just resonates closely with me. But, you know, I pulled it today and, you know, it's a big part of the collective right now too. And it's just a reminder, we are all connected. So we need to think about where we feel humankind needs healing. Where where do we need healing? And I've been meditating with a blue candle the last week for healing and peace for the country, for the world. We have political unrest. There are many injustices. There we're deal we're dealing with COVID on top of everything else. So what can we do to be of service to others and help others? What can we do to be part of that healing for the collective? And it can be things that are super small, like lighting that candle, like meditating on peace and unity. Um but just this is a really nice reminder and something for all of us to think about right now. So that is the card of this week of this episode, the Manaz rune. So again, think about that. Do a little bit of um, reflecting, I would say. And if you're not super familiar with it, you know, research it. Do a little more research on, on the rune in general. So thank you for joining me for another episode for episode number 12. Again, it's so crazy to think that I have 12 episodes out now. I feel like I just started it not too long ago, but here we are, episode 12. And I do want to give a few shout outs because I have a couple new reviews. So thank you to Hannah Gilbert. Um, You found my podcast after finding me on Instagram And thank you for your kind words, loveliest vibe. Like that makes me so happy. So thank you. I enjoy sharing all of this with you. So I really appreciate it. Um, C. Moody, thank you for your kind words as well. I really appreciate them. Um, You said it's like sitting with a friend over a cup of tea or coffee. And that that makes me smile because that's how I feel too. and you're glad that you found somebody who loves Barnes and Nobles as much as you do. Yeah, it's it's kind of an obsession. I love it. And right now, I well, I went last weekend. You guys are going to laugh. I went last weekend just to get the chocolate chunk cookies because I love the chocolate chunk cookies so much. I went right when it opened before anybody got there and got my cookies. <laughs> and right now it's buy one, get one half off. They stopped doing the buy one, get one free. I'm kind of bummed about that because I liked the buy one, get one free. But I'll take the buy one, get one half off as well. So thank you to the both of you. If you like what I'm doing, you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, um, follow, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and the more reviews, the more it can get seen by that (laughs) ever-elusive algorithm, podcast algorithm. So thank you for doing that. If you um, also are enjoying this and you want to support me in some way, please feel free to check out my apothecary, the Comfy Cozy Apothecary, and check out the Fit Witch Challenge, which I created. Um, The third challenge is going to begin here after Imbolc. And speaking of Imbolc, next week I will be talking about in bulk sabbat and i'm excited about that um because well i love any of the festivals in any of the festivals as the wheel turns so i'll be chatting about that next week 
So until then, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Also, I forgot. I do my tea time live on Instagram on Fridays at two o'clock New York time EST. So you can tune in to Instagram. I will go live, bring a cup of tea or coffee or something you want to sip on. And I just chat. I talk about what's going on in my life and I talk about witchy stuff and answer questions. So please feel free to join that. And you can also If you want to get in contact with me, email me at comfycozywitch at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram. So that is that. Until next week, everybody, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.